Hey sisters, welcome to Let's Sign Diet with your two favourite nutritionists. I'm Lily. And I'm Laura. And we're here to cut through the BS of diet culture and teach you how to nourish your body and fall in love with food. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Let's Undiet podcast. We are so excited to bring you this episode because we are chatting with our friend and leading Sydney naturopath, Jacqueline Cave, aka at Jack's Cave on Instagram. Here we'll be diving into the modality of naturopathy and all that it is, how Jacqueline supports clients with eating disorders why our menstrual cycle is so important and the reasons is why we can lose it during an eating disorder and how to get it back. We will also cover so much more. So strap yourselves in for an incredible conversation with Jacqueline. Before we begin, we would just like to reinforce that this information is based on our personal journeys. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered health advice, nor is it intended to replace professional medical advice. So if you are struggling with eating disorder, we highly encourage you to reach out to the team at Modern Minds and also the Butterfly Foundation for optimal support. Alrighty, so who is the wonderful woman Jacqueline Cave? Well, firstly, she's a leading naturopath in Sydney. She's also just given birth to a six-month-year-old baby girl, Pearl. And how beautiful is that name? I think I might steal that for myself in the future. She has the most beautiful energy and she is one smart woman. I am honestly in awe of her knowledge and the way she articulates herself is like something else. Jacqueline is also a absolute wonder woman when it comes to food and you'll be able to see that from her Instagram. The way she pairs food together is totally my vibe. It is so authentic, raw, and she just gets it. So if you're looking for a naturopath that is also a foodie and has the most grounding, beautiful energy, Jacqueline is definitely your lady. Jacqueline is so deeply passionate about educating her clients by giving them the tools they need to take their health to their own hands for the long term. Jacqueline empowers people to be able to make their own health-promoting choices, where helping people feel better is her number one driver. For those who follow Jacqueline on her socials, you will know that she's a fellow foodie, like I just spoke about, and boy, oh boy, can she whip up a storm in the kitchen. Jacqueline's treatment focus, areas of focus include hormonal complaints, so PMS, PCOS, PMDD, irregular menstruation, so amenorrhea, hypothalamic amenorrhea, and post-pill menstrual support, reproductive health, preconception, pregnancy, and postnatal care, skin, acne, and hormonal health, and nervous system health, so energy, fatigue, and sleep disorders. You can connect with Jacqueline on her socials at Jack's Cave on Instagram. To learn more about Jacqueline and her services, please visit www.jacquelinecave.co. Let's dive in. Hello, Jacqueline. Welcome to the Let's Undiet podcast. As you know, we are so, we're huge fans of your work. So thank you again for jumping on today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So I guess to kickstart things, um, 
during each podcast, we like to kind of touch on like a personal win of the week to kind of keep things super real. As you know, Instagram can be such a highlight reel and I think it's nice to kind of celebrate those small wins. So um, I guess to lead the way, my personal win of the week probably, actually, no, it's a, it's a huge win, um, I, <laughs> which I've been working towards forever, which is um, to actually take all of my work online or to be able to work remotely so I can live um, and work anywhere I want. Uh, Amazing. Yes, which we're so fortunate to be able to do these days, really, um, and what we do as well. So, yeah, I'll take a moment to celebrate that. <laughs> totally. That's actually a huge one because it sounds simple in that one sentence, doesn't it? But to mm. get everything churning online, all the platforms, all the software, and to make it work seamlessly is actually a beast. It is. And, <laughs> and working for yourself as well, it's like, having that stability, like knowing that if I take this big leap as I was in corporate and you have, you know, your set paycheck every month um, to take it yeah, into your own hands can be scary, but also so rewarding. So yeah. So yeah, rewarding. That's me. Um, and over to you, what would be your personal win of the week? Um, my personal win, look, it probably hasn't happened yet. It potentially mm. is going to happen this evening. Oh. This is very, <laughs> this is a bit uh, unique this. to my situation. But yeah. I suppose tonight for the first time, my partner and I are going out for dinner without the baby oh. that we have. Oh um, which doesn't sound like a huge feat, but I think to get to it, it has been. And so it could be the personal win, Laura, but I'll call you tomorrow if it, goes pear-shaped and turns out to not be my win of the week and give you a better one (laughs) you know what we're going to just we're gonna it's all going to be okay you know she's going to do what she needs to to give you that time and I think yeah again it's like that whole groundwork you know it may look easy from the outside but you've obviously done a lot to kind of make that happen as well so (laughs) totally so hopefully that would be the win but it's exciting nonetheless I think yes yes that's huge and how old is Pearl now She's six months. Is she? So, and then oh, that, the kind of crazy thing to think was that I haven't been out without her for like a, a dinner for six months is a bit bizarre. Yes. I was like, oh, I probably have left this a little too long in hindsight. No. But yeah. here we are. That's okay. <laughs> You're here today. Tonight, tonight. <laughs> right? <sighs> oh, amazing. All right. So I guess to jump into the juicy goodness um, straight away, I'd like to begin I guess if you can share with our audience what stoked your interest in becoming a naturopath. Ah, yes, of course. Um, gosh, so many people in the health industry have their stories of entering an industry through their own mm. health journey. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I'm in a similar boat, I, I think. I remember when I was much younger, in my early 20s, seeing a naturopath for help with my digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those cases where I had sort of done all the investigations and gone through, um, you know, GPs and gastroenterologists and sort of everyone in that field I could get to without any answers or resolution of symptoms. Um, and my friend was seeing a naturopath at the time and she said, look, I think she's amazing. Why don't you just try? And I didn't know what it was or, or what it entailed, um, which is, I think, 
part of the process because a lot of my mm. clients come to me and don't know what it really entails either, but they sort of jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that naturopath, we did some testing and lots of treatment and, you know, it wasn't an overnight change. It, took, it takes quite a lot of work to work on gut health mm. symptoms because they can... Mm-hmm. They can persevere, can't they? They can come, come mm, and go, definitely. but um, they can be tricky. Um, but maybe a few months after working with her, everything changed. My digestion completely shifted for the better, and I learned so much. That was the other part. Not only did my health improve, uh, my knowledge of my body improved mm. and changed so dramatically that I understood how food can impact how we feel digestively mm. but also mentally. So I just remember thinking, wow, I've learned so much. I'm fascinated by this modality. Um, And I wasn't that, uh, I guess, interested. Well, I I was interested in my career at the time, but I wasn't, didn't light a fire in me, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started studying naturopathy, doing the degree maybe a year or two after I think I worked with this naturopath. Um, So it was very much influenced by her. And I remember even speaking to her at the time and saying, I'm going to study naturopathy. I think it's amazing. What do you think? And she said, she was so harsh. She said, look, I don't think you should. Um, It's a a tough industry to work in. Yeah. If if I had my time again, I'd study medicine. And I remember thinking, oh, it's not really the same kettle of fish, so to speak. It's not the same thing. Yeah. and, you know, in all honesty, would a girl pass a medicine degree, a medical degree? I don't think she would. No, um, oh, dedicate that much time as well. <laughs> yeah, Huge. and that kind of brain, you need that kind of brain. Yeah. And it's not my kind of brain. No, um, yeah, But I obviously just didn't take her advice and I studied yeah. it and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was the journey that got me into this industry. Mm, and I think it's that whole thing, it's like, Again, now that we have this knowledge, we forget that almost what it was like before, how little we knew about our bodies. Like now it's just so, uh, it's in that subconscious, I guess, as well, like how to take care of ourselves. Yes, but yes. you're not taught this stuff unless your, you know, family is immersed in, I guess, the world of natural health specifically. But it's how exciting for, you know, if you think about the naturopath that you saw and the impact that she's had, Never mind for you and your clients or how many stories that, you know, that you could have inspired someone to kind of take that journey. I think that's really magical, oh. just educating and empowering people. And yes, I never even thought about that because I see her as, you know, I speak about her when I tell the story, right, of, of how I got into this industry. Yeah. So it, yeah. it, like, you know, not infrequently, so to speak. And I, yes, I, it, I'd be honoured if someone one of my clients saw me and went on to study mm. because it impacted their life so positively. That would be the yeah. highest compliment ever. Yeah. Who knows, and, maybe. <laughs> but I think it's like even in this world, I know there's people that I've listened to on podcasts or whatnot, and they would never know how much they've helped me in my journey. Like I've, mm, true, I may not have even true. spoken to them directly. Um, but I think it's, again, it's just like coming back to if you've got that calling and you help, we've got so many ways to help people in this kind of world it's just mm. it's a really nice again moment to kind of reflect and go you you've obviously sought inspiration but I wonder how many people you've touched in a non-selfish way <laughs> <laughs> I think it's beautiful yeah Which, gosh I hadn't like, thought about it love that <laughs> and even like with you like I had seen you on social media for some time um before I met you in person and 
I think your approach, especially with food as well, and the way you put food together is quite unique with a naturopath. Like I have many of my good friends are naturopaths, but they probably wouldn't be as much of a foodie or food orientated as you are. Yes, I suppose the food part falls to nutritionists primarily, mm. you think. So mm. naturopaths, you just think of herbal medicine or, mm. or perhaps the outside of that bubble, that's what you would think. But mm. I'm, I'm so into food that it kind of just bleeds into my work and I, and I guess social media and, mm. and things like that. I'm, I'm no recipe developer and I'm not a guru in that space like you are, but I certainly love to be in the kitchen and to make things up. Um, but I think that says so much. I don't even think you need titles. Do you know what I mean? Like I would be doing what I'm doing without the nutritional medicine degree. I just, I think you just innately have that connection to food and understand it. Yes. It's such a fun hobby. And I think this is the other thing it's play to be in the kitchen and to make things up and to try and fail and try and succeed. It's so fun and joyful. It's not a drag right mm. I, I don't find it I do know that not everyone finds cooking enjoyable and relaxing but if mm. you do I think it's such an important skill to um tap into because not only does it keep you well but it keeps you fulfilled and interested in something that is uh, not your job and, and not your say movement routine there's mm. definitely something about mm-hmm. cooking that um uh, sparks joy so to speak or you know yeah like you and can it's lose in a creative outlet I feel too yes. like there's yes, so many agreed. forms of creativity and I think for me I love working with my hands so having the balance of obviously playing with stuff online but actually connecting again and using your hands in that whole process is really healing and therapeutic to me as well mm-hmm. for sure it's, there's so and many layers to it yes and I think it has that ability that the way so many physical things do to change your mood to change the tone mm. of the day to change mm-hmm. your outlook mm-hmm. um if you you know put on some beautiful music and some scents mm-hmm. and you get lost in it mm-hmm. or you're even just following a recipe because your, your mind is focused on a task so it cannot mm-hmm. think about the stresses of the day or tomorrow mm-hmm. it can be quite mindful and quite um almost healing I think in that way mm-hmm. right? the, the way that any hobby can be if you get lost in it Totally. And I think the thing with food is we need it to survive, right? So if we can create, and I guess where I'm really passionate about creating those rituals that we have in our day-to-day life, if you can kind of celebrate those or enrich them, you know, as beautiful moments throughout Mm. the day, Mm. it completely transforms. And obviously there's life, right? You know, you've got a baby or working full time and you can't for every meal of the day, put on your sense and listen to music and you know follow a recipe like you know that's not always achievable which would I wouldn't be advocating but it is like again you know grasping those moments that you do have to kind of yeah come back to yourself and and also it's like respecting the food respecting your body I just feel like anything when you put intention behind something um it carries so much weight so and you see that, like, in your work as well. You know, you don't need to be a professional recipe developer or whatever, but you, you can still see that um, when there's intention behind things and it comes from a pure place. It's, um, mm, mm. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, not every meal needs to be an artwork, but um, to learn to cook chicken well so that you know how to mm. support your body with protein ongoing at a simple level yeah. is... Totally amazing and and you know just it's one of the best things you can do for your 
for your mm. health and your relationship with your body, I think, to learn to cook. Yeah. Even basics. It is. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it is, it, it is basics, right? Like, even for me, I'm a pretty basic cook. Well, in my terms, I am. I'm not a, I'm not a chef, but I think it's like, <laughs> you want to keep things, I want to get all my meals are under half an hour. Like, I don't really want to be in the kitchen for like five hours. Like, I get, that's draining for me. No. Then. Well, yes, you know, and there's like, no time for that, unless you want a challenge. Exactly. Oh, totally. Maybe on the weekend and, you know, there's I mean, I've seen, I've seen your orange zest and radicchio salads. Like, there's, there's some art there. There's some oh, and that was honestly, there. that was so, <laughs> that was so easy. The colours are beautiful, though. It's worth it. Well, that's the thing. <sighs> it looks beautiful, even if it only took two seconds. What a hack. Yeah. And that's, that's my, that's my food philosophy, I guess, too, is, looks beautiful but it's actually super easy Mm. um I guess so building on that um can you give a little bit of um background I guess in terms of what a naturopath does um and I guess how you practice and how they kind of play a role in supporting someone's health for those that are new to the field yeah of course um so I suppose when you see a naturopath or I guess naturopathy as a modality uses diet, lifestyle, nutritional medicine, herbal medicine, um, education to bring someone's health back to a place of balance or homeostasis or wellness, if we want to call it that. Mm -hmm. And those are the tools in my arsenal that I would use to support someone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think uh, it's very different when you see a naturopath, they may be listening to what your problem is. So let's say, for example, it's a digestive issue. But we are also looking at the body holistically because it's interconnected, as we know. Mm. And you don't just treat the digestive system most of the time. You're looking at all the things mm. that impact that. It might be um, mood and mental health because, as we know, that plays a huge mm. bi-directional role with the digestion. Um, we might be, you know, also looking at the food that comes in. We might be looking at the timing of um, meals, for example. So it is not just Mm -hmm. digestion, here is X, Y, Z treatment for your system there. We look at everything, the body as a whole, in the way it's interconnected. Um, Mm. And, you know, hopefully a naturopath is treating the cause of the dysfunction as well as your symptoms at the same time so that you get relief. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're listening to you, they're supporting you, they're holding you accountable um, I think a big part of seeing a naturopath is often the being heard for the first time. Mm. Um, you know, you might have recited your health journey to so many practitioners and been given a pill for it or a treatment for it that perhaps has not worked. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when people come into my clinic, it's the first time they've ever actually been heard. Their symptoms yeah. have been listened to and their stories have been um, held, essentially. Um, and it's so draining as well going through that process as well because you just lose trust right when you're explaining your story time and time again and you're not being heard it is Mm. so destructive absolutely and I understand why people um stop at a certain journey and just put up with it or you know choose a treatment option they're not happy with because how many times can you talk about your period pain before you're Mm. sick of saying the same thing and not being heard it's enough to make you you know, crazy essentially. Um, So, and and not that a big part of naturopathy is talk therapy, but it certainly is understanding what the person in front of you is going through and Mm. then deciding with them on the same page what their options are and what you suggest we propose to do or what investigations need to be done. So everything Mm. is collaborative, I think. Mm. With myself and clients anyway, I, I don't 
dictate what they should be doing. I tell them what I suggest they do and it's always up to them because some yeah. people will do it all and 110% and some people can really only commit to 15% and then we need yep. to talk about what the healing journey will look like versus someone who did 100 or wants to do 110% say. Yeah. Um, but there's no right or wrong there. Everyone has their own timeline. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think being on the same page with who you're working with is really important. Um, otherwise you're just telling them what to do and it's not being done and that's not helpful for them. So well, checking they set in. themselves up to fail. I think one thing that, you know, we were taught, I was taught, to speak not for both of us but I think we practice very similar in the fact that I would negotiate you know with my clients and say as you said like these this is what I feel like you should do to support x y and z how does that look for you like how Mm. can you incorporate blah 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 into your diet or they need to exercise I'm just using as an example you know once a week what does that look like for you what what do you enjoy rather than it coming from like a dictatorship of like you need to do x y and z and I think that again, is from our holistic nature, something to highlight and how we differ. Yes, yes, I, I agree. And I think, and I've t- I talk to new practitioners about this all the time, that um, please don't write amazing long-winded treatment plans that mm. are not realistic for someone to do. And I yep. think the same thing for me. When I'm unwell, if I saw someone for support and I got four pages of what to do and I can yep. hard, hardly, you know, cook toast it's not going to happen right so we need to really understand where someone's coming from and and the time they can commit to their journey Mm. at this point Mm -hmm. in their lives as opposed to this beautiful amazing intelligent plan that cannot be followed right that's yes um it's a bit too romantic often for people and i made this mistake when i first graduated as well Mm -hmm. i would write Mm -hmm. i would write a lot and, and support a lot but actually it's sometimes the basics and most often to be fair most yeah, most often it's the basics to address first and they're simple and they're one, yeah. two, three. Um, totally, yeah. But, yeah, so that's a big part of it, I think, right, the accountability part, the support mm. part, that are we, reaching in, are we reaching these goals? Should we set new ones? Can we cross them off? Are we done here? Mm. You know, the, the kind of dream situation is when someone doesn't need me anymore yeah. um, because they're done. And I might yeah. check in with them once every six months or once a year just to make sure everything's on track, but really... If someone's cancelling an appointment because they're feeling amazing, then job is done. Yes. And I think that's a really important point to touch on in terms of like you were educating people about what this, what the body, I always go back to, it's like my job to basically relay the, the, uh, the messages that your body is telling us and then teaching you how to respond to that. So you can manage yourself on a long-term basis. You, we give you the tools of support for acute care, but mm. If you are experiencing X, Y, and Z, okay, these are the types of food that you need to do. Maybe you need to slow down on your exercise or introduce, come and see me then for, you know, supplementation potentially once a year, depending on, again, what's coming up for them, but not a reliance on having to see you every two weeks or once a month for the rest of your life. I think that's where people back away because they go, oh, I I just can't do that. that. Absolutely. I don't want to do that. Um, no, either no. and that is then the treatment is not working right if someone mm. needs to see you every mm. month I, I, exactly. I unless in very unique circumstances mm. I would think uh, yes you should be able to to get someone's health into a place where it can be generally self-managed and as you say tweaked sporadically mm-hmm. as needed for specific yep. things as they come up in someone's life which they will yep. for, for most people mm. but um 
no, creating a reliance on a practitioner is not something I'm looking to do. I don't want to see anyone every month the rest of their lives, even if, mm. you know, they're fabulous and we have yeah. a great uh, relationship. That's not the yeah. purpose of, of my job. Totally, totally. I think that's really important. Um, so I guess building from your time in clinical practice, how does an eating disorder, I guess, in general terms, it can, it's a complex topic, but impact a woman's health? So I guess really touching on the areas of hypothalamic amenorrhea, fertility, acne, gut issues, and also mental health. So I, I, I guess if we're looking at someone with an eating disorder, most frequently I'm seeing them because of their loss of period. Mm. So, um, and of course, there's a sequelae beyond that of many symptoms that we can go through, but someone will be coming to me to say, I've lost my period. I want you to help me get it back. Mm. And sometimes they don't know that there's an eating disorder present mm. and many times they do, but it doesn't, it's very complex. They, they want their period back, but they don't want to address the eating disorder. However, mm. we, we have to work for a solution the way that the problem started. So if um, mm-hmm. someone has lost their period due to under eating, the way to reclaim the period is to focus on food intake. So, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, you cannot really get a period back without correcting mm. or, or supporting someone with an eating disorder. Um, yeah. and, and I suppose that it's not just I lost my period, I want it back for X, Y, Z reason because we think we should have it. The reasons to have a period, an ovulatory menstrual cycle, are extremely important and so far beyond a period or potential fertility down the track. Mm. Um, And so, look, I know you know all these ones, but just to highlight for people so that they're aware of Mm. of the impact of no period, it's uh, without ovulation we do not create estrogen nor progesterone every month so we're in a constant state of sort of post-menopausal or pre-adolescence of no hormones or very low levels of these hormones and so in that state there's a knock-on effect to bone health muscle mass breast cancer heart disease cardiac health um especially long term Mm -hmm. if we're without an ovulatory cycle for a long time all of those things come into play Mm -hmm. um and and the things people will see will be more physical symptoms so um hair loss acne um actually no physical period um mood changes so anxiety depression low moods um you know they'll see those things and want those addressed but but it's really important to acknowledge that yes those things are very important but in 20 years of no period, we're now looking at mm. bone density issues and mm. low muscle mass, which would support the bone health and cancer issues and um, cardiac health. Because without estrogen, without progesterone, those things cannot develop in a normal linear fashion the way they would throughout a, a female's life. Mm. Um, I, I think that point I'm talking about, um, I know that I was finding, uh, I was attracting a lot of clients of the fact that they were on uh, birth control from yeah. you know, the age of 15. So their, you know, their cycle hasn't even really developed yet. Um, and then they were on that for about maybe till they're 25. And then they had an eating disorder. And so then they didn't have a cycle again. And so their body has never, oh, then, that, then I would see them, uh, about 29 they're looking to get pregnant or they're becoming more aware of priming their body and it mm. was just one of those things when you're 15 
obviously, like you're not, and even 25, you're not maybe thinking of fertility and all those other things. But that that period of your life, you know, so many women haven't had a, a proper menstrual cycle in 10 years or ever, really. Mm, um, mm, yeah. And I think it's bringing some light to the importance of it and not, our society tends to almost demonise it that it's like a dirty thing or you know it's an inconvenience and not actually celebrating all the incredible benefits that it has to offer yeah i think i think if if we took one person one female and we followed her with a ovulatory menstrual cycle and on the pill we're looking at two very different humans because mm. the impact of your own estrogen and your own progesterone bleeds into every aspect of your life and if we take that ovulation away and give you uh, synthetic hormones, so it's mostly synthetic estrogen, but some pills have progesterone or, a, you know, a, an analogue of progesterone and estrogen, um, these effects are really different. They, would, they have, you know, a very different um, job in the body to your natural hormones. Mm. And so, you know, mood is different. What you're attracted to is different. Your sense of smell, mm. everything is quite not the opposites, that wouldn't be the correct terminology, but yeah, it's a, you're a different person. And, and I've also been on the pill, so this is not a demonising mm. oh, of the pill. So and there's I. a time yeah. and a place, right, yeah. for everything. Yeah. Um, but I think it's in, important to realise if we're taking something away and giving ourselves synthetic versions of that, why, would, why are we giving synthetic versions of hormones we can produce naturally mm. if we can find other methods of contraception if that's why someone's on the pill? Exactly. I think um, it's just making that informed decision. Um, yes, and understanding that, right, yeah. and and knowing that because if you if you know that and you're happy with that option, which many people would be, right, mm, younger mm. me might have been as well, yeah, then that's okay. But most of the time, you don't realize that, and you actually don't know that, and it mm. just seems like a fabulous, easy option, and so mm. you've got no real idea of the side effects, which can be very robust depending on the person, or none mm. at all depending mm. on the person. Mm-hmm. I think, or almost like I know when I was younger. I you're almost ignorant to the side effects of things as well and it's not mm. until I've become I mean it's even like straightening my hair right like I didn't never used um heat protectant I have very like ringlets curly hair but I always straightened it but I never thought it would ever happen to me it's almost like you know back when I was 16 and went on the pill for my acne I didn't think about you know maybe the implications of taking that for five six seven years at that time mm. because you're so fixated on the acne not the all the other things that may eventuate from I guess choosing that option so yeah getting to the root yeah. cause as we know and I suppose this is the thing if if, if and, and I'm with you at that age acne would have been way more important to me than potential mm. mood swings on the pill so I would have taken that option but mm. no one said to me when you come off the pill, the acne remains, yes. <laughs> you know, nobody really tells you that. So you don't understand that the pill is not a panacea for your acne because as soon yeah. as you jump off it, all those symptoms return. Yeah. Or even worse. So, what's, so <laughs> you're just pausing things. Yes. And, and of course yeah. worse because testosterone has, you know, a field day after that mm. ovulation suppression. Yeah. Um, so if I'd known that similar to you, yes, I probably would have made a different decision or, or nipped it in the bud then and not, mm left at six years and then had to deal with acne at 30. Totally, totally. If I'd seen a naturopath way back then, my gosh, I think it would have been a different journey. But, again, everything has its place and that's why we're here today to share that that knowledge. But I think (laughs) 
it's just about people, I guess, yeah, as we said, making informed decisions, knowing what their options are and where mm. to go with all of these issues and practitioners that they can trust um, is a big one because it's just a very overwhelming thing um, trying to carve out and build your support team regardless of what you're going through. So, mm. yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, in terms of um, supporting, like in naturopathy, supporting someone um, that's going through an eating disorder, um, we touched upon you know, diet, but obviously herbal medicine has a, a big part to play in what you do. Um, so I guess just speaking a little bit about the power of herbal medicine and what that is for people that aren't aware and also are the testing that a naturopath can undertake as well to gain more clarity, I guess, on how someone's health is tracking and how to support them. Yeah, sure, sure. So I, I guess the most important thing if someone comes to see you with an eating disorder is that you need to support them to seek the appropriate help and, and, and health team and a diagnosis if that's necessary. So that may be a GP, a psychologist, a nutritionist, dietitian, a naturopath if they're you know in the room with me um, because we need to know what we're dealing with and what we're not dealing with. You know, is this functional hypothalamic hypothalamic amenorrhea or is this something else that looks very similar to HA mm. um, and that's really important because you if someone says to me um, I've got an eating disorder and I haven't had my period in three years I don't take that for face value we need to make sure that's the case not because I don't believe mm. them but because there also may be a thyroid issue yeah. there also may be prolactin imbalance I, I've got to rule out that there's not something else contributing to that period being lost not just mm -hmm. the eating disorder mm -hmm. um, so that's where we're looking at seeking multifactorial help, if you will, and a support team mm -hmm. to look at that. And that involves testing as well. So testing is paramount because we need to know what we're looking at in terms of hormones, in terms of nutrient levels, and we can only really do that through um, blood tests and functional tests if necessary. But really some simple blood tests will tell you what you need to know here. Um, I usually send for hormone testing uh, if they have no cycle, we do it on any day. If they have a cycle, we do it on day two most of the time. Um, and then I would look at all key nutrients, thyroid function. Uh, occasionally we're looking at autoimmune markers as well to rule in and rule out what's happening for someone. And most of the time we're just trying to rule out other conditions that mm. could contribute to, say, a loss cycle if that's what someone is dealing with. Mm. Um, and then... If, if we're working with someone with an eating disorder, we're then looking to correct uh, the eating disorder from the way that they moved on into it, for example. So if it was food restriction, then we look at it from that angle. If it was a, a, um, a diet that they'd started, we're looking at it from that angle. If actually their food intake looks okay, but they started doing hit every single day, we're looking at it from that angle. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's the path that went in is the path to come out essentially yeah um and a lot of the time the person doesn't know what the path in was right and, and it really mm. takes an objective eye to to see and say that change so often people are like oh i just started f45 and then i followed their diet plan but it was too and i can see that it's too low carbohydrate to maintain mm. ovulation but they can't they just thought mm. they were getting healthy so yeah you, you know sometimes it's just explaining what's going on with the hpo axis the hypothalamic um, pituitary ovarian access and how that will mm. shut off when we restrict carbohydrates and we do too much exercise. Mm -hmm. 
um, from there, sorry, I've taken a bit of a tangent to get to where I am, but um, I guess it's quite a process. Um, From there, once the testing's been done, we can then look at using nutrients as necessary, diet modifications and inclusions. Um, And I would say herbal medicine, interestingly in this case, is probably one of the latter treatments I would use Mm. for for eating disorders or Mm. HA because um, I definitely certainly use it and and it probably most people are going to be taking some form of herbs, but I'm not using it to modulate hormones Mm -hmm. because we've got to bring back the cycle first. Mm -hmm. So I'm not throwing uh, hormonal modulators in herbal medicine form at anyone until we can get ovulation happening for the right reasons. Yeah. So like, you know, Vitex can't bring a period back that's lost due to under eating. It just cannot, Mm -hmm. right. It's not, uh, it's not a magic, a magic potion. Yeah. And that's also the wrong treatment option. Right. Mm -hmm. But however, if someone has got their period back on track and it's regular, but we're wanting to look at supporting progesterone, then Vitex may be appropriate in that Mm -hmm. case as an example. Um, I think that point, even just there speaking about herbs, and I think uh, herbs have definitely, um, I guess, received a little bit more spotlight in recent times um, through, I guess, some leading brands out there putting them into mixes and there's a lot of self-prescribing going on or people reading, you know, oh, okay, Vitex does this and I've got these symptoms, maybe I should take this. Um, I guess just bringing to bringing to light how important it is again to work with a practitioner like yourself to find that individualized treatment because again I think there's a misconception with natural health is yes you know herbs are natural but they can also do more harm and good when they're not managed properly or you know interacting with certain medications that you may be on or there's just a lot of variables Mm. there so I think it just yeah, for those that have maybe taken a herbal blend that you can buy off the shelf or you've seen on social media, um, which I know a lot of my clients did and I had to help them remove them, um, mm. is use that time and money and invest it in a practitioner to find what's right for you because it's actually going to be quicker to be healing and getting to your end result as well than just popping yeah, all these pills. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the tricky thing here is that we forget that because herbs are, in inverted commas, natural, that they are not a medicine, but Mm, they are both. Yes. And so their interactions with medication, but their interactions with nutrients Mm. and hormones. If you're taking a certain herb that increases or lowers a hormone, and we're not looking to do that job, but we didn't know it did that as well as we might be taking it for another reason, then this is a problem Mm. long term. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I think, yes, and I'm all for people researching and learning and trialing things on themselves, but I, on themselves. But if you are dealing with something like um, HA or a lost period, I would certainly not be taking a powder off a shelf for that. Mm. I, I agree with you. Take that money and get individualised help because that is going to support your health quicker and in the, I guess, um, more appropriate way than said powder that probably just has ashwagandha in it because that's in everything these days, right? Yes. And that's a beautiful herb, but again, it's not, it might not be necessary for you. You might have really low cortisol. So taking that will lower your cortisol further. It's not appropriate. Yeah. You do need someone to wade through the noise and the Mm. products for you. Mm -hmm. And I do that personally. And I did it, you know, when I was younger, when I saw a naturopath, I gave my health over to someone and got them to solve it for Mm. and with me and got results as opposed to just taking gut health powders and probiotics and thinking it would work. 
Yeah. Um, it's just more complex than that, right? It's not just yes, it's it can't it's not just a pill for an ill, you know. It's yeah. it's this is why we talk about looking at the body holistically. There's yeah. a lot more going on than just your one symptom that you you want to address. There might be other things to address first. Totally. And I guess the power of our training as well is we're able to use all that information that obviously we've learned um I guess in our degree and then uh dealing with patients and summarize that very, very quickly um into a mm. solution for someone. Um which again I guess streamlines that whole healing process. Like it's amazing that people are wanting to better themselves and support their health and and all of that. But it's just yeah, having I guess someone to bounce those ideas or <laughs> whatever it may be, um, seeking guidance with someone that's a, so you can make that informed decision for yourself. Is um yes, know. yes, and this is sort of the the uh, um, benefit of not treating yourself because we cannot be objective, mm. you know? So we're always going to lean towards a certain product or brand or yeah. herb because we are, you know, just biased in our own ways in a positive and a negative mm. way, but a practitioner isn't right. So they're not going to give you X, Y, Z because they've been marketed it. They're going to give you yeah. what you need because you know, it's going to, they, they know, sorry, it's going to help your health. Um, I suppose in, in the realm of herbal medicine, I'm with you, it's definitely having, not a tay day, but it's certainly uh, more mainstream than when I was um, mm. a new practitioner, that if we're looking at someone with an eating disorder, what, what herbal medicine is going to do most of the time from my perspective is support a heightened nervous system. Yeah. So I'm using more than using any, you know, hormone modulators or stimulators or uterine tonics, I'm using nervines and adaptogens and nervous system tonics to support those stress levels and, mm -hmm. and the um you know instability that body has felt and been under for a long time and so those things you know they don't directly bring back a period but those combined with looking at how we're eating and how we're moving yes that's what brings back a period that trio mm -hmm. i think for me with my journey when i was going through all of that and i was seeing an naturopath it was i almost describe it as like they were able to bring down, you know, that heightened anxiety and cortisol and all of that that was going on. So I could actually mm. implement the tools and the changes in my life, whereas I knew what to do, but my mind was just going berserk that I couldn't actually make those decisions or execute, yeah, again, the, um, yeah, the practices that they kind of prescribed me, so to speak. So I think it, yeah. it's a gift in itself. I always say that, like, it can just be a gift for now to kind of help you lower things down and see, get a bit more clarity and just, yeah, calming that nervous system is like such a big part of any health journey because you're in such a heightened state. Yes, I'm so with you on that. It allows you to do the treatment sometimes, yes. right? Because yes. it can be really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I took nervous system support postpartum, not mm. because it was going to make my postpartum easy, right? And, and no stress and I'll sleep like beautifully, but yep. because my body had to, a big job to do and yep. supporting the nervous system is a huge part of that. Mm. And I'll, you do everything you can in those periods to, to support nervous system so that the rest of the body can function and, and you can function on less sleep or, you know, um, a stressful day or, or what have you. It doesn't take away the stress. It does not take no. away your fatigue, yeah. but it allows you to deal with those things mm. um, better, I think, more capably. It's almost just like turning the volume down, right? Like it's still there, 
but you're just kind of quietening things down a little bit so you can hear everything else that's going on or able to mm. yeah pivot and do what you need to do mm, yeah I think so um so we've touched on that oh I guess just some other signs and symptoms um I guess to talk through when a woman's menstrual cycle is out of balance so just talking through what a normal cycle looks like and then some signs and symptoms that maybe it's starting to even become out of balance um just to give I guess the audience a if they're thinking that their body is tending to go that way or is that way, what they can look out for so they can, yeah, support it. Yes, of course, of course. So a normal cycle is going to vary from woman to woman um, and from the same woman in different times of her life, of course. But generally speaking, the classification is a cycle between 21 and 35 days where you ovulate in that cycle, meaning you release an egg about midway through, um, that travels down the fallopian tubes into the uterus and when it's not implanted, you it sheds, right? And that's your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 to 35 days is quite variable. To me, if I've seen a client with a 21-day cycle, I will work on lengthening that because that is a period every three weeks. That's a lot of iron to lose. Mm-hmm. I'd also want to know why. It's quite a short cycle. So depending on who you speak to, right, I'm looking, I'm looking at a sweet spot probably between 25 and 33 days personally if we're being perfectionist about a cycle but I do know the classification is 21 to 35 days um and so if you're seeing shorter than that or longer than that or you know both of those things then we're looking at uh that's a sign that it's out of balance that your cycle and, and that could be the hormones or that could be when you ovulate or if you're ovulating um of course no cycle at all is um a red flag um uh, really strong period pain, really strong premenstrual symptoms, which is the week or two mm-hmm. leading up to your period. Things like mood changes, energy level changes, skin changes. Um, I would say those are all thing, signs that things are happening with the menstrual cycle that need to be addressed. Um, a huge one I see is uh, acne. It can be cyclical or it can be ongoing, but that often has to do with female and or male hormone imbalances. Mm-hmm. Um And then mood changes and mood swings. Um, Clients often say really heartbreaking things to me, like I'm such a bitch for seven days before my period Mm. and I'm so mean to my partner and my my self-talk is horrible. Mm -hmm. And this is what we mean by those kinds of um, mood swings where the week before none of those things happen, the week before the period lots of that um, negative self-talk and negative outward... um, uh, talk as well, I suppose, right? Where you feel like you're a different person in that week. It's like um, this two week, um, this two week cycle. Or people that I found that clients were like, you know, their the normal selves, as you were saying, I guess. And then for two weeks, and then it was the week before, and then the week of their period, they were just a different person. And it's so sad that people live like that or don't realize that that's not normal. Or you can mm. be supportive out of that as well. Mm-mm. So, yes, of course. And then it's similar to period pain. And, and I should have said also that the period should not be painful. Potentially yeah. a little bit of cramping is okay, but it should not be debilitating mm. and shouldn't interrupt your daily life. Yeah. Um, similar with period volume, 
uh, you know, flooding through a cup or a tampon or whatever you're using and seeing large clots, you know, bigger than a 20 cent piece, this is not normal yeah. um, and needs to be addressed. I'm not, it's not that it's not common, but no, but because yeah. we have normalized periods as this like really painful, I'm a bitch, they're horrible. I hate them. Yeah. I need to eat everything time in our, cycle then we've normalized it because we all sort of talk like that about the period or we you know a lot of us have or do so that yeah. you think well all my friends have painful periods so a painful period's okay yeah. um yeah and it's really common and I, and I see it so much and the wild thing about period pain is that it's really well um well it, it can be something quite simple to change in terms of pain scale if you make mm. the right modifications depending on what that person needs so it isn't something that needs to be painful every month um mm -hmm. and it's worth investigating if it is certainly because you know it's a long life with a cycle um mm. and it's an important one to address your body doesn't cause pain for no reason it's telling you something and yeah. i'd be listening to that sign if that was happening to me mm. yeah it's a big one i know i used to have such painful periods i'd be so i couldn't do anything like that day or i'd have to leave work or whatever and obviously mm. now, like, I don't have any pain, which is amazing. But I just still, it's that whole, I guess it's the language we use around it. Like, it's common, but it's not normal. And it's just yes. being really definitive about that um, and seeking help before it potentially gets worse as well or causes other things from that. So, Yes. Or there's just a condition undiagnosed there that we don't yes. know about that totally. needs addressing. And then this happens all the time with endometriosis or adenomyosis. Mm where someone has had that for 25 years undiagnosed because mm. they're used to the period pain and their GP said it's normal or take yeah. Panadol. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, it does my head in. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And look, it's, you know, it, it's, tr it's, it, it's tricky and it's getting better, but it's not good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, with the statistics around those conditions, it's, yeah. I just think uh, this is go kind of goes back to the not being heard part, doesn't it? That's it. And I think it's like having conversations like this to just, uh, I guess, voice that, again, there's ways through this um, and there are options. Um, and, yeah. you know, just because someone else has got pain and so do you doesn't mean that yours doesn't count. Um, really kind of taking and harnessing that, self-love and self-respect back and going no this is not okay like I don't want to live this way and I don't deserve to live this way either what do I need to do and how can I do that and just similarly on this note just because you don't have pain doesn't mean it's not relevant if you, there are other symptoms yes. at play because I see Absolutely. this a lot as well so and my other thing would be second opinion third opinion if you're not happy mm. just and, and not that I don't mean in the luxury of throwing money at every practitioner but if you're not happy with what your gynecologist said I would recommend seeing another one if you can yep. because you know no one knows everything we it's just impossible so yep. I, I do think if you don't feel satisfied and that's the same with a naturopath or a nutritionist if you're not satisfied mm -hmm. you can go for another second opinion a third opinion yeah um until you feel satisfied that you've got the answer you need that's it and, for, and I think even you know within naturopathy and nutritional medicine you know, as practitioners, we, we all have our slight different approach potentially to the same case. And so it's good to yeah. kind of get different perspectives on something and to find someone that you also, that you have built rapport with and you feel safe and you feel heard is 
path that I always always say just providing space for someone is so healing in itself. So if you're seeking and investing your time and money into someone and you're not feeling that, then you have every right to go and seek to see another practitioner that that does provide that. Absolutely. Yeah. It has to feel right for you. Totally. Um, So I guess that kind of brings us to the end of all of our questions. Was there anything else that you'd like to cover while you're on? The, I mean, the only thing I would say just in terms of if we're speaking to um, a menstrual cycle and eating disorder or hypothalamic amenorrhea is that once you've got your cycle back, if that is part of the goal, I would just want everyone to know that consistency, consistency Mm. and (laughs) consistency is what's going to maintain that, right? So that everyone's big or a big kind of fear of people and something I see often is getting a period back and it going again. Mm. So my suggestion in terms of if we're looking at long-term support of a healthy ovulatory menstrual cycle is what you did to bring it back is what you continue moving forward. It's Mm. not a short-term fix. It's not a little fad treatment option or you know way of eating and moving that is just for now until it comes back and then I'll go back to what I was doing mm-hmm. it's got to be this lifelong commitment to your health to your cycle to your body um mm-hmm. to continue to ovulate so whatever that looks like you know if it's if it's support from a naturopath or if it's cultivating uh how to manage stress healthily long term if it's um, mm-hmm. a daily self-care routine practice I I think it's really important to go, well, now I'm here, how do I maintain this? And the answer is usually what you were doing before and being consistent. And I think it's like as humans, our needs and our our lives are constantly changing, right? So, you know, what may have worked in the past, you might need help to kind of pivot and support like, you know, for me, even just exercising throughout the menstrual cycle, you know, some weeks, depending on where I am, cardio is amazing. Other weeks, all I'll do is walk or yoga. And I think it's just, again, listening to the body and seeing what it needs um, is really important. And then you might lean on different modalities as well along that journey as well. So you might see a naturopath for a period of time and then you might go and see a Reiki healer, you know, they might come back to the naturopath and then go to an acupuncturist or whatever it may be. It's, yeah, the power's in your hands really. It's just knowing what kind of tools of support you have available. Yes. Yes. Agree. And, and sometimes you might need lots of support and sometimes mm. you might need none, you know, yeah, it's totally. going to change of course in your life, depending on what's happening. Yeah. And if you think for you, just, you know, giving birth, you would have need completely different, um, I guess, support network to me, for example, where I am in my life, it's just yeah. like different life yep. stages as well. Um, demand different things from your body. So yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's exci- It's exciting though, when you can kind of look at it, that way and go okay well what does my like be creative with it like what does my body need right now rather than making it a a burden almost it's like what can you do to feel your best in this present moment or this this period of your life yes and I find it I mean I'm a bit of I love a you know a self-experiment I I do Mm. find it really fascinating that what I needed preconception is hilariously different to what I need Mm. in a breastfeeding journey and I love the difference like Mm. I actually couldn't be more the days couldn't look more different but Mm. how amazing that you get to experience both of them and and this is exactly as well yes yes and it's not really about um it's not really just about kind of a pregnancy it's in any case there were times in my life Mm. where I was working on cycle regularity and other times I was working on 
building muscle at the gym and I am two different humans in those times but what I needed nutritionally and as and Mm. to support myself was completely different Different, and I'm sort of with you it's such a blessing to even be able to live through those different life phases Mm. and using it to your advantage I mean even for me working with the menstrual cycle now um, you know I use depending on where I am in my cycle of what type of work and I'm doing and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do that now with my work but it's it's nice to kind of again if you just ebb and flow right like you just we're not built mm. especially as females to live in this hustle culture and give everything we've got every single day like it's important to kind of put the work in then step back put the work in and then you know constantly have that dance between the two Right. And and reassess and reevaluate what's mm. not working and what is working. I think yeah. that, and that can be for a job, that could be yes. for a way of eating, that could be yeah. for where you're living. Yeah. I think we often just stay in the same thing that isn't serving us and, and mm. complain about it. And I don't mean that in every human, but we, you know, we don't love change, a lot of mm. us humans. So we do the same thing and we're unhappy and we don't make change, right? So it's mm. got to be a time where we step back and go, if this is what I was doing every day or if this is what I'm going to be doing every day for 10 years, would I be happy with that? And mm. if the answer is no, we then try to reassess if we can or where we can totally. um, to make change because yeah. otherwise, you know, I, I just... Nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah, and it's such a cliche, but it's so true. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, I the on the flip side too, like, I love change. For example, like I was only talking to my friends yesterday and I described myself in life. I was like, I'm like a bungee jumper. I just like launch myself into the unknown because I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not afraid of taking risks and just hope that something's going to catch me. But then I do bounce back. And I think it's one of those things that um, in order to create change as well, you also need to have a sense of security. So, you know, there's true, so many true. layers of healing. If you're, you know, going through an eating disorder, say, and you, then you, you've just changed jobs and then you're also seeing all these new practitioners and you've moved house, like, again, it's too much change. So it's just like knowing where to put your energy or creating that support network as best you can um, to navigate through whatever whatever change you are going through. Mm-hmm. You are. Just... You're a bit of a nomad, I think. I... <laughs> I feel yes. like I'm a hermit to your dad. <laughs> I um, it's one of those things though that I'm, yeah. I think if opportunities come my way, like I'm very clear about what I want, but if something's not serving me, I won't stay there. So mm. it has a very admirable know, though. I think this is exactly oh, what we're talking about. Oh gosh, getting, I mean, making change. I think the thing is, people from the outside go, "Oh, you do all these things," and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's, it's hard." Like the day to day of it, the reality can be challenging but I think it also comes with great reward as well so <laughs> it's not all orange zest and radicchio over there no that's it I mean <laughs> oh gosh yeah I know one day I'll write a book about even just my two years in Sydney that was a wild ride but um you just <laughs> yeah you learn you learn don't you and thank god I have all these other tools to rely upon to support it's mm. I just I wouldn't want to live in any other way so very blessed to mm. kind of go on this path I guess, personally and professionally. But to wrap up, um, we like to close each um, episode with, I have a deck called the Inner Compass Cards and I have had these for like over five years. Oh, yeah, probably seven years now. Um, And the words are just so profound. And 
I like to actually do this on a daily basis just to kind of give me some intention for the day and again come back to myself so um I've pulled a card today for us Okay. And the card I'm nervous, is Laura. So nervous the pressure card. is on. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, are you ready? <laughs> okay, so choice. Choose. The time has come to make a choice. Opportunities can only manifest themselves if you make up your mind. As long as you keep on doubting, nothing or nobody will know which direction you should take. If you know what you want, the whole universe will conspire to deliver just that. This is the moment to start experiencing the power of choosing. If you say yes, you will notice how it enables you to go to it completely. If you say no, you will simultaneously say yes to something else that you have now made room for. Pick the energies to allow in your life as consciously as possible. You are not what happens to you. You're what you choose to be. You decide. Only you can take the next step and only you can carry responsibility for the path you are on. You and you alone decide where your attention and time and energy goes. So take a moment to feel how this is for you. Do you make decisions that benefit you and make you grow? Do you sometimes assume that you are unworthy and keep yourself small? You know that it's possible to shift your thinking. So pick your thoughts. Also be aware that the old truth, everything that you give attention to grows, negative or positive, love or fear, contraction or expansion. The choice is yours. So that was, they're quite long. <laughs> if you can digest all of that. Um, I guess my kind of perspective on that card or how it kind of applies to me is, Oh, I've been offered four different roles since being back in Queensland and I, yeah, and my ego went, oh, yes, like salary tick, you know, still in some entry tick, but it did not align with the lifestyle that supports me and Mm. I said no and to all four of them. To all four of them. Wow. All four, yep, and people were like, what? why why would you do that and I just knew because if I was saying yes to that I was saying no to something else that I knew that I deserved so I've been back eight weeks now and mm-hmm. been really clear again what I wanted to attract and then I got that um it all to be remote um and still continue mm-hmm. to build my businesses um still match my salary to Sydney and working part-time so it's Again, I was clear about what I wanted um, and I used the word no, which is very challenging for me. I'm very much a yes gal. Uh, and, yeah, so now it all makes sense, which from mm. the outside, again, people go, oh, you always get all these opportunities or you're doing this, that and the other. I'm like, oh, like this, the, the journey to get there definitely wasn't linear. Let's just say that. Um, but I think, yeah, we, we do have the choice, right? at the end of the day sometimes we don't and we have to do things to survive I'm not taking that away of being in that situation but yeah um yeah I guess um, and I think that sums up our conversation really well um but how would you interpretate interpret that card um can I just say four jobs 
girlfriends in high demand that's impressive <laughs> and my ego would have loved that too so it's quite oh. admirable that you said no to them all I'm I'm proud of you from afar oh gosh yeah it's yeah it's one of those yeah it's one of those things and it's always I, I love seeing people's 10 year journey to the overnight success right like you just yeah you don't see all of the stuff behind the scenes that kind of goes on um yeah to get there but yeah anyway over to you <laughs> um I think mine is this um gosh it was a doozy it, mine is I, I interpret the card from a perspective of when you make a choice half of the work is done for you because you follow that path. And I, and I mm. really struggle with indecision in, in certain aspects. I'm certainly doing that at the moment with what I want next year to look like for me. And, mm. and I don't need to make that decision today, but I certainly have been ruminating on it. Mm. And, and I've been going back and forth so much with what I think is best that actually, if I'm honest, I, I probably know what I want. And once I've made the decision, the head mm. is much lighter. I can let go yes. of that. Um, back and forth chatter which is huge internally Mm. Um, and I'm such a huge fan of that phrase and I think I stole it from Liv Kaplan who you've had on the podcast Mm. Mm -hmm. the where where I always get it wrong so let me try and get it right where energy goes your focus flows or where energy flows the focus goes as in that where you focus the energy follows where the energy is going Mm. your focus will follow um Mm -hmm. and and she probably got this from someone quite profound too or maybe she came up with it i wouldn't be surprised but this sort of is the the point of the choice so when you choose let's say that you did choose one of those jobs Mm. um then all the three fall away and that becomes the correct choice because you made the choice Mm. right and because you chose none of those four jobs and you chose your um your business, those four fall away and the correct choice becomes your business because you chose it. Yes. You know, and, and I think it sounds so obvious, but once you make the choice, it's, it, that's what unfolds mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to do it all or the, the um, being in purgatory of indecision where you're just not sure and you back and forth. Once it's made, it's made mm-hmm. and you can move forward and commit to that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of feel like that with choices. I guess we're talking about career in this context and that's, you know, relevant for me, but that can be about anything. It can be about choosing to eat differently for a certain health goal. It can be choosing to respect your body by exercising less. It can be any choice you make and you commit to it and you follow it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it also touches upon even you know, bringing it back to seeing a practitioner like yourself. You know, if you're so confused about what you should be doing, make the choice to go and see someone that can help you make that decision rather than using all your time and energy to be overwhelmed with all this information again yeah streamlining yeah, and trying yes I'm yes I'm definitely with you and I think this for people who put off health things which we all do if it's a blood test if it's a booking mm. with that specialist you know um often we put it off because it's a little bit scary it's a bit expensive and it's too hard basket mm. and this is okay right there's a right time and a place for everything but I I do think if you choose to commit to wanting to see change you do it right now right yeah. so I often do this like in a simple way with my partner we'll be talking about something and in that very moment you know we decide to book that thing in or call that person or put that in the calendar right now right then yeah then you've committed to it yep. as opposed to I'll put it on the list for next week and mm-hmm. it never happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, think about how much time we save when we just take action 
like that. Oh my goodness. Like it's instead of adding it to the list, yeah. I'm chronic for that. <laughs> yeah, I've only I've just actually been starting to do that as well. And it is so liberating. I hate having things up in my head that I've got to do. It just there's too much going on up there anyway. So I need to get it out. <laughs> it's like just yes, yes. clear it. Like write it down or yeah, just yeah. try and minimize those, those little stresses. Because that's contributing <laughs> to your health, you know, like it's just, yeah, it's, it all has its place. But um, I will definitely be coming back to that card just this, even the next, or this week, I should say next week we're going into. Um, again, it comes back to the most simple things, right? The little things really are the big things. Yeah. I keep going back to that. It's like my thing for the last two weeks. And I'm like, it really is. Those little things add up to be can create such big change in your life it doesn't have to be these extreme measures that you take and it's never the extreme measures because they don't last because yeah. they're not sustainable totally so it's, it's, it has to be the small things yes. i'm such a big fan of the small changes yes um yeah. Yeah. the big changes i don't know anyone that's made a huge change and stuck to it it's impo- it's almost impossible because as oh. humans we're going to change what we want to do anyway yeah so making some big overhaul is so unsustainable yeah you're likely to go backwards anyway because you create this unrealistic expectation that you can of do course, that every time. Of course, because it's like you bounce back because it's not enjoyable to live like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it. Oh, well, thank you so much for this chat, Jax. I am so grateful that we could have this obviously between both of us, but also to be able to share it with our audience as well. Um, thank you thanks for having me I could talk to you for hours I know I'm just conscious of (laughs) your time (laughs) we have gone over but yeah honestly so grateful and I really hope I'm sure that um yeah audience we had to seek lots and lots of wisdom from this episode and beyond oh fabulous well thank you for having me you're welcome your afternoon you too and um we'll chat soon okay bye lovely (laughs) bye